This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America, the smart choice for ID implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant 18013-5, and surpasses AMVA guidelines. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to AmvaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the AMVA community. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the AmvaCast, everyone. Uh, this week, I am pleased to welcome a first-time visitor to the AmvaCast, Chief Jonathan Archer, the Driver License Division Chief at the Alabama Law Enforcement Agency, referred to as ALIA, right? Yes. Correct pronunciation of the acronym? Correct. Welcome to the AmvaCast. Thank you so much, Ian. Uh, wanted to talk to you specifically about your recent modernization systems upgrade. Um, a lot of states have been doing modernization, coming on board with different systems, updating their connections with AMVA. Um, Alabama took what I would say is a more unique approach than we've seen in other states where you try to do it all at once. Yes. I really don't know how else to say it then. You did it all at once. <laughs> yeah, I, I, absolutely. And I don't, I don't know if that was the optimal uh, route to take, but it was the, it was the hand we were dealt. Um, the the uh, legacy system was uh, for front office issuance was uh, dated from 2004, the software was operating on. Um, and then, of course, the back office or driver control elements existed on a mainframe system. Mm -hmm. So we had two different, very antiquated systems. Um, and we were at a, a make or break point. And uh, with, the, uh, with the support of Aaliyah Secretary Hal Taylor, um, I was tasked with modernizing the system. So we quickly realized um, that we were going to have to not only um, replace our issuance system, but all of our back office system and all of our hardware, which is a unique, I think, for many states to even consider. Um, our hardware was from 2014, so it was already out of date and it wouldn't even support a new uh, uh, issuance system uh, on the front end. So we had to um, simultaneously replace all the front office hardware all the back office hardware and modernize. And as you said, we we uh, expanded our participation with Amber services. We not only did we move to uh, state to state DHR, uh, we implemented USPVS, we implemented DIAE, um, and you know, not to mention the existing ones we all, we all know we have to use as the solve and the, uh, the save check. Um, mm -hmm. So there were a number of interfaces we had to do. So it was, it was a huge lift for an 18 month project. Um, uh, it would not have been possible without the amazing staff that I have working for me uh, in the driver's license division and the long hours we all put in um, to make it a success uh, when we rolled out in April. So you rolled out April of uh, 2022. Yes, sir. And the other thing that you did, I think that was different, was you shut down for a week. Yes, absolutely. So early on in the project, we knew that we were going to have to shut down, um, not only as it related to data conversion. Um, we were looking at 7 million customer records across numerous legacy systems. Um, we had network uh, concerns about being able to move that data. Um, we were moving from a hosted mainframe solution with uh, to a uh, vendor hosted solution uh, with our new system. So there were a number of particular challenges and uh, we, we had many, many practice runs. Uh, I originally went to the, to the secretary and to the governor's office and, and go, I went ahead and gave him a worst case scenario. It was gonna mm -hmm. be two weeks, um, which was a particular challenge because during the height of the pandemic, um, Alabama only closed for 21 days, mm -hmm. our offices closed. So um, 
I, I knew two weeks was going to be a huge ask, but uh, I pushed my team, I pushed our vendors, uh, and we ultimately had to, we closed for five business days. Okay. Um, and, and it wasn't, we had, we'd gotten down the data movement and bringing the systems up down to a, about two and a half days. The challenge was, as I told you, the hardware all had to be replaced. Mm -hmm. So that's 76 exam offices across the state um, and all of our county partners, which would be your uh, license commissioners or probate judges who handle renewals and duplicates in each county. So you had over 112 of those offices had oh, to be wow. touched. Um, as also a part of this project, we, we moved for hardware support to be handled by our agency IT department, um, as opposed to a vendor-supported hardware model, which was another big lift for our IT department. Um, I can't say kudos enough to them, but that was a huge lift to make every single site. Um, while, yes, the public knows we were closed for five days, uh, we started the Friday of the weekend before and really started shutting things down and, and uh, you know, getting out there and getting into locations mm -hmm. and getting the hardware in place. So it was, uh, we, were, we were technically ready to go by uh, hardware-wise uh, late in the week, maybe a Thursday or Friday was more of a cleanup day. And then we, we had our ANVA deadlines that weekend. We were ready for those and a uh, system came online and we, we brought it up on that Sunday for online services. Mm -hmm. And so forth. So yes, absolutely. We had a, and I think the the commitment to closing for that five days um, went uh, went well because of our communication. Mm -hmm. We we of course use social media. We engaged with all of our licensing officials in the state. We let them know what was happening. We let the public know what was happening. We took a. Uh, we pulled data from our system for everyone who was going to be renewing or their credential was expiring during our closure week. We fired off thousands of letters mm. to them reminding them in Alabama they can renew 180 days prior to try to prevent some of that. Um, we, we did continue skills testing because skills testing is still a, a manual process and we wanted to not only support our CDL drivers but also the, uh, the moms and the dads who are bringing in their 16-year-old mm -hmm. for a road test. Uh, maybe they took off work. Well, they can still do the skills test. We were skills testing on paper, and we continue to do that to this day. You just didn't issue that. We week. just said here's issue. the test so, results, but you'll get so the they license were able to still celebrate that they <laughs> they passed their road test. Um, but we couldn't issue them. Right. Um, and we did fast track those appointments the following week to get them back in, so we could get them processed out. So. Um, yeah, we, we try to do a lot of that to get folks, give them notice um, of that we would be, uh, we would be closed for that yeah. week. So we did not, uh, we didn't really get a lot of feedback. We held several public engagement meetings about it. They were just, um, they were curious how long, why we were closing, what mm -hmm. it all meant, you know, would online still be available? Because that was mm -hmm. a big thing during the pandemic was during that 21 day closure, we were, st we still had online services. We sure. still had service by phone. Um, and it was different with this five days, as I kept saying, we're going dark, the lights are going to be off. Like we right. cannot do anything for that week. And so, um, we won't be able to service any customers, but, uh, we recovered very quickly afterwards and our, our numbers of course spiked the following week, mm -hmm. but, uh, it, it normalized within a few weeks. Okay. So, so take me back. You mentioned it was an 18 month project. Mm -hmm. Is that, I mean, really when you started planning saying, okay, it's time to modernize or it must've gone back further than that where it was on, on your radar? Absolutely. Yeah. I would say it started in 2018. Okay. Um, I was, I was brought into the driver's license division in 2017. And I remember being tasked, you know, early in 2018 to figure out the solution. How do we modernize the driver's license system? Well, first I had to 
figure out what that meant. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm appreciative um, to AMVA to be able to come to these, uh, come to the regional conferences and ask these questions. Um, so I would get an idea of what it, what it would involve. Right. And so then, of course, we had to go through the RFP process. And I was, I had the opportunity, I, I had written RFPs in a, in a different career previously. So I had the opportunity to write the RFP for this project. And so, of course, that went out and goes through the normal process and it was awarded. So, uh, yeah, the 18 month timeline was from day one vendor was on site right. um, to the rollout day. So. And so was it always envisioned to have this big bang approach or did that happen organically as you started to realize, OK, well, we have to do this. But it means we also have to do this. So let's not wait. Or was it, hey, let's try to bite it all at once. Right, right. Well, <laughs> and my staff knows it. Uh, they've dealt with me long enough now. They know I'm a just tear the Band-Aid off kind of guy. <laughs> um, so, you know, modernization's a big lift. And, and once you get the approval from your administration to go forward, I, I figure I had some capital I could spend. And I'm like, all right, I don't want to, I don't want to not do something in the mm -hmm. hopes I can do it down the road. Um, let's just go for it all. And, and yes, it's going to be tough. Yes, it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. um, but we, I think we'll be better in the end. Um, so, and that was, that was literally our approach. It wasn't, of course, our systems was failing. It was on borrowed time. We knew that. We knew we had to address it. Um, and of course, the cost involved with maintaining a legacy system had grown over the years. So we knew there was pressure to do it. And then I was, you know, I was able to make the pitch to, we need to do all these other things. You know, this is why uh, uh, we were kind of behind in, in the world of issuances and, and in the DMV world um, because we hadn't, inter we hadn't got these interfaces done and mm -hmm. we need to get these done to make a better product um, and protect against fraud and, and try to uh, improve our processes. And uh, so it was, it was a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm hindsight. I don't know if I'd, I'd do that again in 18 <laughs> months. Um, it was a lot of long days and nights, but at the end it was, it was exciting. The system came up, customers were being served, um, examiners, staff are adjusting to new processes. Mm -hmm. um, because again, with the system modernization, while yes, we all know what driver's, you know, driver's license is and what it should do, learning a new system while unlearning the old way, um, because our old system had some abilities to manipulate and I wanted to move away from that, but the system should work for us. We shouldn't work for the system. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, so it was it was exciting for sure. Now, from a project management standpoint, on one hand, it's long days, long nights. Right. But I'm sure you also discovered efficiencies in that you were touching something once mm -hmm. as opposed to if you modernized the back end and then did hardware yeah. and then came up on Anva systems, yeah. you might have been coming back to some of the thing, same things multiple times. Right, and That's me guessing. This is Yes, no, you're absolutely right. We would have had to have multiple projects. And um, it, it's exciting because I, and I knew it would happen. And as I tried to tell folks that, you know, when we rolled out the system that, yes, this is a great uh, accomplishment, um, but this is really just the end of chapter one. We got through chapter one because now we can start to engage discussions that we could have never discussed in the past so that um, we, we've gotten we're up to speed now with everything that we need. But now we're positioned well where if the leadership wants to go with some uh, projects or, you know, for example, mobile driver's license, that would have never been considered in our old mm -hmm. system. It was we had to get modernization done. So MDLs or other outreach programs, uh, you know, being ready for FMCSA's uh, upcoming mandates, things like that would have been right. a tremendous challenge with our old system. And now we're well positioned. So you're absolutely, I, 
I'm, I wasn't a piecemeal kind of uh, run project sponsor. Um, is what they referred to me as, yeah. and, and my project manager, uh, Nona Short, is, is is amazing, was amazing, um, but I'm a very active project sponsor. I was mm -hmm. in every meeting. I was there trying to make sure decisions were being made because I uh, traditionally in a public safety driven uh, agency, uh, civilian staff would look to the sworn personnel to try to make final decisions. And, and I was trying to empower my civilian managers and supervisors that have been working in driver's license many years longer than me. Right. They are the experts. I am here to support you make the decision because I've, I've always said, you know, and we always know that a, no decision is a decision. I, I need, we need to make a decision, make the best you can given the information. And then if it's not the best decision, it doesn't work out, we can always adjust course. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was exciting to watch those individuals grow throughout this process and, and take ownerships of the processes and be excited about mm -hmm. it. So, is that Tell me more about that dynamic of driver's licensing being in a sworn law enforcement agency where you have this mix right. of sworn law enforcement officers like yourself who come up through a very specific culture right. and are then interacting, managing, and engaging with you know driver license professionals that grew up in a different culture. Correct, absolutely. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting um, it, it, with Aaliyah. So Aaliyah was formed in 2015. It was a part of a legislative act in 2013 to bring together 11 state law enforcement agencies. The driver's license division of the Department of Public Safety had uh, troopers at many levels and in many units, um, but the leadership recognized uh, early on that they, they wanted to move away from that model um, and, and empower civilian leaders to to handle the, the business processes and the managing and oversight. So over the years, um, those numbers of sworn personnel have gone down. Um, they have been, you know, they've moved to Highway Patrol or Marine Patrol, other mm -hmm. sworn assignments. So it was, when I arrived, it was an interesting dynamic um, because I had certain offices that still had sworn personnel in there mm -hmm. that the leadership was relying on for you know, certain decision-making needs. And then there were certain offices that never had a trooper in their office. And I always ask, well, they, how do they all operate? They do mm -hmm. so well, and it's um, it was it was interesting to watch that dynamic. But of course, the course of the uh, direction of the leadership was uh, we were going with a civilian-led division. So, um, and to this day, you know, I'm it. I'm I'm the only sworn mm. full-time trooper in the driver's license division. We have approximately uh, 290 uh, employees uh, servicing 4.3 million drivers. Um, and about 200, 180 to 200 of those employees are simply, are all our front office examine, examiner staff and reinstatement staff. We have about 90 in the back office mm -hmm. handling all the multitudes of uh, processes we deal with with drivers. So it's been an interesting dynamic, but um, I think with the employees that have, uh, that came uh, up through the uh, sworn leadership style, they have an appreciation for how police officers, cops, troopers, mm -hmm, whatever you call mm -hmm, us, mm -hmm. um, how we operate in the chain of command and span of control and how information should flow in decision making. So a lot of them picked up on it mm -hmm. and they know how things work. Um, so, and, and they know the expectation. So, and we, uh, we continue to work towards that as of course we have, you know, new people coming into the workforce that are, uh, maybe not so familiar with those concept right. of chain of command and, and how a paramilitary organization operates. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
But that's exciting. I, I, I enjoy the whys. I think a lot of uh, individuals may have a problem with all the why. Why is people, why are you asking this question? I think a lot of it's just curiosity and sure. they want to understand um, the, where they fit in the organization. So it's a time to, it's an opportunity to learn um, and, and a teachable moment for the supervisors. So mm -hmm. absolutely. And how did that color or inform how you did the internal rollout of this whole project? So I'm sure you had some staff, maybe some longer tenured staff who said, we're going to do all this once and looked at you like you had lost your mind. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I was, uh, I, I'd like to say I was liked more than I was hated sometimes, um, <laughs> but I understood why they were frustrated. But they, I think for the most part, the longer term staff recognized the, the situation we were in, mm -hmm. um, that the system that we had was failing. It was inefficient. Uh, we had a tremendous amount of down, uh, downtime incidents, you know, that resulted yeah. in more phone calls. And so when I could pitch it that way, that it, well, listen, we're going to go to a new system. Yes, we all have to learn it together. Mm -hmm. it, it also level set the field, right? Because there are long-term employees and there's mid-career employees and, you know, early career employees. Well, when you go to, when you modernize a system, you automatically set the field. Everybody's at the same level. Mm. So I think there's something for that. And it forced some of that uh, communication, the working together, the team building um, to be successful um, as opposed to certain units being siloed off and they know how to do their job and specifically only their job. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. this forced us to learn a lot more about what everyone else does, to have the appreciation um, for the examiner who's got the customer in front of them versus the back office who's got a customer on a telephone. Mm. Um, because again, I, as I, t I tell my folks all the time, I come to work every day for those examiners. That's why I come to work because they're the ones fighting the fight. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when our old, so I think you're right that some of ours had some resistance. Sure. Change is always a problem. It's, some people engage, uh, deal with it better than others. Um, so there were absolutely some growing pains. But I would, I would encourage folks that are, you could spot them early on in my organization who were interested in this project and who was not. Yeah. And who wanted to simply ignore it. And I would, I myself would target those employees and force them into discussions so that they had to be engaged. So I'm guessing they maybe didn't like me as much during <laughs> that time, but I thought it would be beneficial for them because they did not need to learn the new system the week before it rolled out. Right. They need to understand why we were doing it. Um, and then a constant, just constantly engaging with my staff and uh, you know, making the tours around the state, talking to people, telling them what's coming. It's gonna get better. The old broke down system's going away. Uh, you'll get all new equipment. It's gonna be exciting. It's gonna come with some challenges and we know that buttons, as we say, you know, buttons aren't where they used to be. Clicks don't do what they used to. Um, but once you once you got the grasp of it, it took us a few months after rollout to really uh, get our speed up, and mm -hmm. you can see it. Because um, again, for a senior examiner, they they knew where all the buttons were on the screen. They didn't even have to look at the screen. They were almost uh, uh, they were so efficient at their job. So right. this this had to slow them down, and there was some resistance to that. But I've watched, and they've picked it up, and. Um, they're amazing. They, mm -hmm. they know they know their job. They know how to get it done. So it's uh, it's really been an exciting project. Now, as I think about the project, you know, to me it sounds like there was almost three major buckets. You had all the back end system modernization. Mm -hmm. You had all the hardware. And then you had all the Anva connectivity. Yes. Was was there any of those that you know were more challenging than others? particularly as it relates to lessons learned that others listening that might be thinking about some of these different things we right, want to keep right. in mind. Absolutely. Um, 
you know, uh, for for the system modernization for the for the the, the back office, you know, that's a, that's a a lot of vendors do that space, and and that's a that's a I think we were ready for that. We knew there was going to be a, con a huge conversion lift mm -hmm. that we had to do to move data over. So and there was a lot of work on that end. The hardware was a big challenge. That, and of course, we fa we faced the ongoing and to this day pandemic supply chain issues mm -hmm. could we buy 400 computers 400 monitors 400 cameras so we started very early on on that and we still um i, I haven't bought backdrops i can't find backdrops oh, there's wow. certain things we couldn't find so we're having to reuse old equipment and that's okay but the core system pieces we were able to all secure um as far as the anva interfaces mm -hmm. Um, the big one, of course, is state to state in DHR. Uh, we enjoyed our uh, weekly meetings with the AMVA staff as we were going through the process. There were lots of opportunities for training um, presented by AMVA, and I had lots of people attending those trainings, and every one of them, and not every one of them, but it, it took us a while to, we knew what state to state was theoretically. We mm -hmm. understood it, but translating that to a new system that our employees hadn't seen yet was the big challenge for us. So mm -hmm. I would encourage states to take advantage of the travel funding, take an opportunity to go to other jurisdictions who have done state to state mm -hmm. and just watch how they work. Um, because un unless you have a large base that's doing SIDLESS only, we didn't have that in Alabama. We had a very small group that handled that. Um, we did not appreciate how big of a lift state to state was. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a challenge to... Uh, capture those resources we needed um, to be effective. I think we're, we're doing better as, the, as we continue to pick up speed in resolving work items. But I think that was something, hindsight, we, like I said, we spent a lot of time uh, attending AMVA trainings and webinars. We just couldn't get the, we couldn't make the bridge. And I don't know if that's a, if that's a specific challenge to Alabama that we faced because we were not updating an existing system with a new AMVA interface. We were building a whole Dude, new system right. with several new AMVA interfaces. So, um, you know, I, you may or may not face that. Um, we did. We leaned a lot on uh, other states that our vendor worked with, and we forced our vendor to bring in experts from other states uh, that did the development side so we'd have some understanding. We wanted to see it before it showed up. So um, that was, that was if there was one thing I, would, I wish I could have done more of is go visit with other sites. But again, mm -hmm. I told you I had 18 months to do right. this. There wasn't a lot of travel time built into sure. that. Uh, we, we canceled every employee's spring break. I canceled a couple of state holidays. It was, uh, wow. it was, we had to have everybody on board to make it happen. Yeah. So here you are six months later, yeah. coming up on six months, right? Yep. Um, it sounds like generally going well, people are getting familiar with the systems and you're pleased with how it's rolled out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, it, it has been an exciting six months. Um, we have, we still have things uh, to learn, to tweak processes, um, but we have uh, accepted the new system and, mm -hmm. and um, we have turned off old systems so they can't get to the mainframes anymore. They can't go back and double check things. Um, so it's, uh, I, I think people are becoming a lot more comfortable with it and our customers um, we, we expanded a lot of online services in the state, so that, that's brought opportunities for customers to avoid visits to the offices. Um, so, but we are, um, we've been really pleased and we continue to improve. And it's, I, I tell my staff all the time, it, it's only been six months. Like we, 
we had the old system for over 20 years. Like, <laughs> let's not, because I'm... Give it a minute before I, you... Right. Know. I, 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 they know that I get wound up and it's like I have to take a step back and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We've only had it for this short period of time. Um, you know, just surely in our uptime, I mean, we were on the mainframe system. You could, maybe a couple of weeks would go by before the system would go down for, you know... 30 minutes to six mm-hmm. hours. You just didn't know how long it'd be broke. You had all the customer complaint issues. Having the amazing uptime we've got now, um, you know, short of the internet um, breaking, right. we're, we're good. We can continue to service customers. Um, and certain interfaces, of course, we don't issue if they're down. But um, w- that has been a big thing, is yeah. that I don't have to get on the news anymore and explain about why our system's down so that's been really great um it's reduced our you know those calls and complaints of course so i've been really excited about that but just the ease of use the 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 old our back office they had up to eight different legacy systems they had to move between depending on what job they had so going to having all the information in one place sure um it's really i think made their lives a lot easier although sometimes it's hard to find it where it's at um, but that's just part of the learning, um, and and they 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 get better at it every day. And what about the first six months of state to state and DHR? Having gone from like you said a small group that you sit list to now right. state to state DHR right. statewide. What right. Have you yeah. Seen there? We have um you know we we beefed up our our help desk. We we always had a help desk, um, but help desk um, didn't. We had a sit list group that handled just those issues. Our help desk that we had was more for. Uh, examiners and county officials to call us with issuance system problems. So we expanded that group to um, five employees now, um, hoping to continue to expand it so that while, yes, we can still deal with, uh, you know, user issues, when they're not answering those calls, they can work on the state-to-state issues. Mm-hmm. We, um, the, the number of possible duplicates is, is a lot. Um, it's, we did as much cleanup as we could before, um, but we just didn't have the staff. We were also a state that's moving from a two credential state to a single credential state. So that proposed, that poses a lot of issues. We have our own internal duplicates we're dealing with. Um, so we are, uh, we're, we're giving it, uh, giving it a really good effort. When you but, say two credentials, a single credentials, meaning yeah. you offered a non real ID compliant card and now you're a real ID only or something else. No, or? we, you could, you could hold a state ID card and a state driver's license at the same time. So we have moved now where you will you will possess one. You have to come back. One or the other. One or the other. Whatever you're entitled to. If you don't have driving privileges, you hold an ID card. If you lose your driving privileges, you go. It's basically a downgrade. Very common in the CDL world. Yeah. Um, but we've applied that now on the non-commercial side yeah. where it's one credential. So working through those customer mergers. Mm-hmm. Um, and real having, ID only. You're a real ID No, only? we are still a real ID choice state okay. where they can do a non-customary as you saw. Okay. Uh, and then, or a real ID. So we've always given our customers But the key choice. is, of these three things, you can only have one. As one. opposed to previously, you could have had a one of the two driver's license and an ID card. Correct, yes. So um, trying to clean that up. Yeah. So um, And that's impacted a lot of customers um, mm-hmm. that maybe forgot they had an ID card in the 1980s. Right. But we still have it on record. Sure. So they look like they have two credentials. So uh, we're still dealing with those as they come in. Because um, my position was... We can, we can spend a lot of effort on those, but are those customers even still here in this state? We don't know. We'll deal with them as they come in. So some of these issues, uh, we would love to have had more re- resources on the front end, but some of them are just going to have to work themselves out. We have to wait for them to come back on their renewal. We just didn't have the staff. 
um, to deal with them all. So yes, we've expanded our state to state uh, help desk to do uh, to be able to. We have more people working those work items, um, and we're making as in the previous uh, presentation here. Um, the the graphs are going in the right direction. They're all going. <laughs> there, our our line graph is going down. Would we like it to go down faster? Maybe a, a steeper angle? Sure. But again, I think a lot of states are in a very similar situation. We don't have the resources or the resources we have already wear two to three different hats. Mm -hmm. So they can't spend eight hours a day working a single job task. So they're all multitasking. So, um, but it is, it is, uh, it, it is exciting. We're, as I say, we're getting the hang of it. Yeah. Um, so, um, and it's, and, and we're making great progress. And the public has responded well. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. And again, it's, um, it's, it takes a little time to educate them why we're having to do what we're doing, but mm -hmm. most of them are, uh, most of them are, uh, uh, you know, understanding. Yeah, I'm not without complaint. I'm not going to sit here and say we don't get complaints. Of I think course. that's part of our world. Yeah. Um, but we handle them professionally and respectfully, and we do what we can to get them resolved as quickly as we can. So the last thing I want to ask you about is something you talked about earlier, which is you came into a role not that long ago right. from a career, a more traditional law enforcement mm -hmm. career. I mean, probably never expected you'd be this knee deep in driver licensing. Right. No, absolutely. I always tell the, 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 the story. Um, I, I, it was in 2017, it was in, uh, August. Um, and this is, you know, for any law enforcement, they, and maybe some, you know, civilians that maybe had this life experience, the boss calls you for lunch. Mm. And, and I, I, I met my boss at a, at a deli and, uh, he says, it's been nice working with you. You're going to driver's license. And as a, as a trooper, I'm, I, I go where I'm told. There's no, there's, there's not a discussion. Um, so yeah, that's part of that different culture. That's a different <laughs> culture. Like if the, if the, if the individual that has higher rank than me tells me to do something that is not um, illegal or unethical, I'm going to do it. Um, so I was told to go to driver's license and I, uh, I arrived at the, the next day at my, uh, at, uh, I knew where driver's license was. <laughs> that was about it. The only thing I knew about a driver's license was you had to have no. one to operate a motor vehicle and that sometimes the status has changed and it expired every four years in the state of Alabama. Mm -hmm. So that's, that was my entire knowledge of it. Um, so I remember I walked in and the previous chief uh, was there and, and she was in a meeting and I said, I'm, I, I'm here, I work for you now. And she asked me, um, do you have a CDL? And I said, well, well yes, ma'am, I do have a CDL. Well, good, you're going to CDL examiner school. It starts tomorrow. So then I literally was shipped the next day over to our training center to attend CDL school, which at that time I had no idea of the intensive process mm -hmm. that was. And, and I remember telling the instructors who now, of course, work for me, how absolutely challenging that class is. Mm -hmm. That I had been through numerous law enforcement trainings and I knew law enforcement officers who probably wouldn't pass that class. It's wow. a tough class. CDL examining, um, and I think for all states, it's a very, very, very serious business. Mm -hmm. um, and we hold uh, our program uh, to a high level of integrity and uh, excited by it. So you're absolutely right. It was, I'm very, I tell folks all the time, it's five years now, and I still learn something new every day. Um, driver's license is, is a, it is a, a, an octopus, sometimes people call it, mm -hmm. a spider web of something. Mm -hmm. It touches mm -hmm. so many things, not only within our agency, but also all the external stakeholders who are dependent on it. And mm -hmm. I had zero appreciation for that. But what I did appreciate was the passion of the staff. Mm -hmm. The people that worked in driver's license have worked there many, many years. Mm -hmm. And that says something to me that, you know, you're, you're interested in what you do. Um, and they are very, very passionate about it. And they love to educate me. And I love to listen 
because I will tell them all the time, they are the experts. Mm. I'm not. I'll be the speaker. I don't mind being the megaphone. You just tell me what I need to say mm -hmm. or what you need me to fix. If I need to be a hammer, I'll hammer it. I need you to guide me, and I'm, I'm super appreciative of all of them. That's great. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, thanks for spending some time with me today and telling the story of what you did in Alabama. Like I said at the outset, it was a different approach, yeah. so we all <laughs> wanted to hear about it. Um, I suspect your plug for the jurisdiction and jurisdiction travel assistance program to come see how it's in advance. Absolutely. You may have some people coming to visit you after Absolutely. listening to this podcast. Absolutely. I would podcast. love to host anyone who wants to see it. Um, we'd love to have you. And again, I, I, I encourage, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping as we get through the holiday season, you know, everybody's got time off and things like that. But after that, maybe after the first of the year to try to send some staff, some operational people out into the world so they, they can see some different things in other states. Excellent. Great. Well, thanks again for being here. Thank you. Thanks you all for uh, listening this week. Thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Till next week, everyone, stay well. Thank you for joining us for AmbaCast, hosted by Ian Grossman, produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin, music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. 